You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Happy holidays. We are about one week from Christmas and two weeks from a brand new year and a brand new decade. And I'm excited about my guest today because it's the perfect way to start off your new 2020 vision, whether it is in your business, in your family life, or overall. It will be an exciting, enlightening, and beautiful show. Before we get started, I want to mention that the brand new issue of 1111 Magazine for December, as well as the holiday gift issue, is up. It is always available to you. There's amazing insight from the individuals that have contributed to this this particular issue, and I invite you to explore and engage and awaken to that. Uh, It is digitally free all of the time, so share it far and wide so that any and everyone has an opportunity to grow, expand, and connect to amazing individuals that are sharing their wisdom, their light, and their expression on the planet today. In addition, you can definitely uh, check out all of the archives on 1111 Radio as well. There is timeless wisdom. And just as my guest today, John Murphy, there are so many individuals that are bringing forth beautiful thoughts of positivity, inspiration, motivation, and awareness that can support you in living each day to the fullest and to the brightest of your capacity. So today, we are going to be talking about miracles, and we're going to be talking about being a miracle-minded manager. John Murphy has written a parable about how to apply a course in miracles in business. So stress and anxiety are a part of leadership in life, but what if someone told you that these feelings are simply self-imposed states of mind and that humans belong to an ego thought system that is a very common way of seeing, thinking, and behaving in this world? That we can be hurt by nothing but our thoughts, or that in order to be a truly transformational leader and enjoy a more peaceful and prosperous life in both business and family, one most surrenders to the ego or the higher purpose and higher power. So all too often, organizations implementing operational excellence do so without addressing the human and cultural implications of such a change strategy. They conduct studies, they move equipment, they reduce work in process, they reallocate employees, and they change measurement systems, all focusing on minimizing waste and improving the flow of value through the value stream. But they overlook the human impact of these changes, the mindset and the belief system that must accompany it. Just like we often do in healthcare, businesses can put band-aids on some of the issues rather than going to the foundation that must be shifted. So, John J. Murphy is a global business consultant, a speaker, a spiritual mystic, a zentrepreneur, and an award-winning author. He is the founder and CEO of Venture Management Consultants, a firm specializing in creating lean, high-performance work environments. And as a business consultant, John has delivered services to some of the world's leading organizations, including ADP, BMW, Chase, Hilton, Lockheed. In fact, he has a huge real estate convention that he's going to be speaking at in Orlando upcoming in January as well. So he speaks in front of and trains thousands of people from over 50 countries, including Fortune 500 execs, project leaders, military leaders, managers, and black belts. He has mentored dozens of project teams in organizational development, operational excellence, business process innovation, and Lean Six Sigma applications. But you know what? This book, Miracle-Minded Manager, it is precious. It is easy to read. It is filled with so much wisdom and such nuggets. Even into page 20, you're going to have so many little sticky notes and folded pages that you're going to shift not only how you think about business, but it will ripple into all aspects of your life. So without further ado, welcome, John, to 1111 Talk Radio. Oh, thank you, Simran. It's so exciting to be here. Thank you. <laughs> I love your book. It's wonderful. And it's it's done in such a way that I think any individual will identify uh, with Jack or with Jack's wife and, and totally understand the stress or the challenges that are showing up for them and also 
the ways in which the awarenesses come or we implement the small changes and then we see the big miracles start to show up. This is not the first book that you wrote, however, and I want to mention the other, although you say that we don't have to read the other one, uh, it is the beginning of the story, so I want to at least mention Agent of Change and have you tell a little bit about that before we dive into Miracle Minded Manager. Sure. Well, yeah, now you're really dating me because Agent of Change is a book I wrote 25 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it took me a while to to come up with a sequel, so to speak, but I've written a lot of other books in between. But uh, Agent of Change was a story about, it is a story about Jack, who is at that time a general manager of a, a business unit for a company called TIPCO, which stands for Typical Company. And the book's very relatable. So I have all kinds of people tell me, wow, it really sounds like you're writing about my company, you know, or my department or, or me. <laughs> and uh, it's because it is so typical. So Jack, is uh, he's the general manager for this typical company. And he's really struggling, Simran, pulling people together, which is actually the title of my very fir- first book, Pulling Together, The Power of Teamwork. And he's trying to pull his team together and get everyone aligned and get everyone focused and priorities and really, you know, uh, harmonize and synergize a, a high performance team. And he's struggling because he's running into all kinds of resistance and pushback and things like that. So he asks for the help of this consultant, Jordan McKay, who he met at a, at a, at a workshop on, on team building, in fact, which is something I used to do a long time ago. Uh, and he asked Jordan if he'd come in and help him. And so you learn through these characters how to really pull a team together and get them focused on priorities and, 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 and what really matters. And so you see this cultural transformation take place in the book Agent of Change. And it was really well endorsed. The co-founder of Amway, Richard M. DeVos, a, a philanthropist and, and, and multi-billionaire, endorsed the book. Uh, Peter Secchia, the ambassador to Italy at the time, endorsed it. Several U.S. military uh, Air Force generals endorsed it. Uh, Ken Blanchard, the one-minute manager, endorsed it. So it got some wonderful reviews and endorsements. And it was so simple, a a story basically about how to bring about positive culture change in a business. So that was Agent of Change. And, uh, you know, over the last 25 years, there's so much I've learned, including uh, things like A Course in Miracles, which I've taken now multiple times just as refreshers. And it's a a truly profound uh, course, if you will. And so it just occurred to me, uh, I guess a couple years ago that, you know, what if I integrated A Course in Miracles along with things like uh, the Law of Attraction. And I teach a lot with with respect to the Tao and, and, you know, the great current, the flow from the Tao to Ching. What if I blended some of these things together into a story and, and, and brought Jack back to tell this story? And in this case now, you learn in Miracle-Minded Manager, Jack has been promoted. He's president of a major business unit for TIPCO. He's been very successful, you might say, on the surface. But as you get into the story, you start to realize he's got some real challenges. He's got some real challenges with his father. He's got some real challenges with his brother. And he's got some health challenges. He's got, he's stressing. He's got a lot of, despite his success, he's got a lot of, uh, a lot going on. So uh, anyway, he's, he, he goes back to Jordan and he says, hey, Jordan, you helped me with my culture change. Can you help me with me? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And well, you know, in the, in the end, that is the common denominator. I'm of the philosophy that everything that is outside of us is a, mirror to what's going on internally. And when we do transform our inner self, there will also be that change that that shifts outside, uh, which I think is beautiful. And it, it, it's illustrated uh, in, in your book in that way, too. I can see how that that's also reflects. In business, we are starting to see companies open to meditation or mindfulness or some spirituality and, and different things. So this is so timely. This book is is really timely for anyone in a small business, a large business, or any type of managerial and organizational capacity. Talk a little bit about how you, as a speaker and a trainer, 
support people in understanding the integration of spirituality into organizations and how that can ripple um, and, and powerfully impact not just uh, the company itself, but even the bottom line. Yeah, well, it's such a great question because a lot of people hear that word spirituality and they immediately think religion. And there's a vast difference in, in which I actually describe in, in the book. Uh, the difference basically being that when, you know, in a religion, we are worshiping and idolizing someone who had a very deep spiritual experience. But even the great spiritual leaders of, of the world, you know, Jesus and Buddha and, and, and uh, Lao Tzu, the Tao Te Ching, and these, 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 these awakened ones, if you will, uh, said that we can have the same experience. You know, the Buddha said, you know, my teachings are like a finger pointing to the moon. Don't confuse the finger with the moon. You can have the same experience. So Jesus said, even the least among you can do far greater than I. So spirituality is about that personal experience that we have with higher power. It's something we all have available to us. So empowerment, true empowerment, isn't about somebody else giving us power. It's about letting go of our resistance and getting into flow with source energy, which is always available to us. And this is something Jack had to learn because he, like so many people, was getting in his own way. And we get in our way by being resistant, by being doubtful, by being afraid, which is that ego thought system, which you talked about earlier. And uh, so, in fact, Jack even says to Jordan at one point in, in their conversations, you know, I'm, I'm not a spiritual guy. <laughs> and I hear people say that a lot. I go, well, actually, you're just not aware that you are because everyone's spiritual. Everyone has a spirit. Everyone has a soul. Everyone has a higher self, so to speak. And so it's more or less a question of, are you in touch with it or not? And so awakening is just getting in touch with your higher self and, and flowing with that tremendous power uh, of, life, of life force, of source energy. Mm, so many companies... Uh, we can find where where people are, as you stated, in in cases of analysis paralysis, or there are cultures uh, and organizations where fear and negativity or resistance, comparison, uh, competition are still very much part of the culture. And so to step out of the blame and the division that ends up being in departments or the control that exists in some companies that doesn't allow the cultural change to bring something in such as the very first lines of the Course in Miracles, which is nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists, herein lies the peace of God, might make some people cock their heads to the side. <laughs> How do you apply that to business? It sure, it sure does. Well, you, you apply it by embodying it. So when I go into a business, I don't talk about, I, I don't use words to describe these things. I embody the light, so to speak. I, I, when I lead events, and people ask me, they're like, does, does nothing bother you? And you know how they, we hear that phrase, so-and-so lights up the room. Well, spirit, another word for spirit is energy. Another word for God is energy. Another word for love, capital L love, which is the only true love, unconditional love, is energy. Everything's energy. Everything's flowing. And so when we get into flow, people notice. And it, it, it lights up the room, so to speak, Simran. And, and uh, so when I go into an organization, I don't talk about, hey, let's meditate. Hey, let's you know practice some yoga. Hey, let's relax and chill out it's just by embodying it and then using basic tools to solve problems because that's really what I do as a business consultant is I go in and I I help companies take a hundred step process that takes 10 days down to 10 steps and we do it in two hours and people go wow unbelievable so we, we take the we, we simplify the complicated which is the opposite of what so many businesses have done I love this quote from uh, Schumacher who said, any intelligent fool can make things bigger and more complex. It takes a touch of genius and a lot of courage to move in the opposite direction. Einstein's often associated with that quote, but it was actually Schumacher who wrote, who wrote it originally. And I quote that in the book, any intelligent fool can make things more complicated. It's like filling up your closet. 
now we have, you know, we, we think we need more closet space. And I call it the closet space syndrome. But in reality, we have way too much stuff in our closet. We do the same thing with time. I need more time. I need more time. And <laughs> I like to tell people, guess what? There's 24 hours in a, in a day, and it's been that way for a while. So you, <laughs> might want, you know, you might want to figure out what you're doing with your time. And it's like the closet space thing. We, we fill it up with a lot of nonsense in some cases and just unproductive activity. And then we think we need more. So the real secret to empowerment is letting go and eliminating faulty programming in the mind and doubts and what I call the yeah buts, which is the chapter in the book Zentrepreneur. Yeah, but you can't make any money doing that. Yeah, but you're too old or you're too young or you need more degrees, more education. Yeah, but, but, but. And so we have all these doubts. By the way, some of the most important yeah, buts that we hear come from people that love us the most, parents, friends. Yeah, but, yeah, but. So that programming holds us back. And so what organizations are doing now more and more, to your point, like Google. Google has a, a program they call Search Inside Yourself. We need to really step back and look within ourselves and learn empowerment from the inside out. It isn't something that someone else does to us. It's something that we allow to flow through us. British Parliament's offering mindfulness training now and, and meditation training to members of Parliament. It's, it's gaining ground, but to your point, yes, most businesses are run heavily by the ego and the ego thought system, which is fear-based and dualistic, meaning that as long as you're in that box or in that thought system, which, by the way, is human nature, you're going to live in fear. You're going to be afraid of anything that of losing anything that you value, whether it's conscious or subconscious, you're living in fear. That's like going through life with the brakes on. It's not exactly efficient. It's not exactly safe <laughs> or economical, but it's what people do. They, they yeah, but themselves, they, they, they doubt, they're skeptics, they, you know, they, they, they hesitate. And uh, it's, it's all because of that fear-based thought system. And, and one more comment on the, the ego thought system is it's dualistic. And that is that it's all about separation and us and them, win and lose, good and bad, right and wrong. And so we're, we're trained in this thought system, again, that's fear-based and dualistic. So we go through life, like you said, comparing, competing. You know, it, it also includes a scarcity mindset, a lack mindset, meaning if I give you something, I no longer have it. So it's either or. And of course, in miracles teaches us is that the only thing that's real is something we can give. And in giving, we have more of it. Mm. For the past 30 years, John Murphy has built a successful management consulting firm by being different. Unlike most of the business leaders and consultants, uh, he is not afraid and people sense it. He started his company at the age of 28 with very little knowledge or certainty and have since done work for hundreds of organizations in dozens of countries. His job is to teach business leaders how to pull people together as a team, develop highly effective strategies, improve performance, and boost results. Oftentimes, he's going into these organizations alone and teaching high-profile leaders how to get out of their own way. There's simply no way he could do this if he was afraid. The book that we're talking about today is Miracle-Minded Manager. It is a modern-day parable about how to apply A Course in Miracles in business. You can find out more about John Murphy at johnjmurphy.org. Definitely check him out, and we'll be right back after these messages. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, 
and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. John J. Murphy is a global business consultant, speaker, spiritual mystic, entrepreneur, and award-winning author. We're discussing his modern-day parable about how to apply a course in miracles in business titled Miracle-Minded Manager. Miracle-Minded Manager can help business and government leaders, people living in stress, and those seeking enlightenment, no matter what they're doing and what they need to overcome. Here, you can overcome fear, anxiety, worry, and stress at work and at home challenging relationships, as well as business culture issues such as divisiveness, blame, and finger-pointing. We all can get in our own way from time to time by doubting ourselves and thinking inside a box, a paradigm that doesn't exist. John says it could be a rule that we follow, like we have to work 40 hours per week, eat three meals a day, or wear certain clothing styles. We spend countless hours trying to find ways to improve performance and results inside these boxes. But is that really the thing that we're here to do? You can find out more about John J. Murphy at johnjmurphy.org. Welcome back, John. There's a couple of lines in the beginning in the preface of your book that I thought were quite powerful and very subtle in, in what individuals might want to contemplate. And it's, it's where you reveal that one day you discovered that you cannot have true faith and be afraid at the same time. It's going to be one or the other. And I think the awareness of that is a great place to start because so often we have to look at what we're believing and first and foremost, that does come from, are we really having faith or are we having fear? Well, exactly. And so we're all conditioned with fear. It's, it's human nature and it's, it's sort of a survival instinct, if you will. And, you know, from the, the time a child is born, we're, we're, we're trained to be cautious and be, you know, aware that, hey, that could hurt you. <clears throat> so we adopt these, this, the, you know, these programs. We're all running on programs, essentially. <clears throat> and most of them are buried in the subconscious mind, so we're not even aware of it. You know, subconscious mind. Wayne Dyer used to call the subconscious mind the habitual mind. So it's these, these habits that we have. And if you really step back and examine your life, a lot of them are fear-based. It, we, you know, we go through life worrying about losing something we value. <clears throat> could be our health, could be a, a loved one, could be our job, could be our our house or our you know, our bank account. We're, we're afraid. I, I thought it was really interesting as you go through the book. Uh, Jack comes home and his daughter is concerned about a paper that she's writing. And he comes to an awareness at that time 
that the very ways he's been operating have somehow by osmosis now ended up in his child as well. And I think that's the thing that as parents or as managers, uh, as leaders, we don't often realize the impact that we're having on those around us by the modeling, the behavior and the belief systems and the thought processes that are inside of us. Well, yeah, exactly. And Jack, again, that's another uh, awakening for Jack is, you know, he's got a very command and control type style. Do it this way. You know, here's, here's the solution to the problem. And he starts to recognize. In fact, there's a, a cute part in the story where the daughter solves a problem that he can't figure out, if you recall. Yes. <laughs> and, his, and his wife can't <laughs> figure it out either. And she does. So, you know, it's just an example of how much we can learn from a child and how much we can learn from one another. And these rules that we have about who's more senior and who's the parent and who's, the, you know, they're all, they're all paradigms. I've learned, I have four children myself and I've learned so much from them over the years. It's, it's just incredible to me. And, uh, but, you know, we do that by listening. We do that by paying attention. It's another form of getting out of our own way rather than thinking we know it all and we've got it all figured out. It, it, it's a form of surrender and that's it's sort of counterintuitive. And, and in other words, it's, it, a lot of times people think of surrender or letting go as a weakness. And I happen to think it's in a very important strength. It takes courage to let go of things weighing you down. Yeah, uh, there's, you talk a bit about stress, and I think that's probably the place that most people can really hook on to because stress is rampant. And in our work environments in particular, it's easy to get stressed. But you have a place where Jordan is saying that, you know, he's part of the club. He's in the stress club mm-hmm. and, and what that means. And I loved how you laid that out in terms of helping Jack to see you know, what being part of this stress club was really doing for him and, and that, that it was part of what then became an ego club. Talk a little bit about that club of human suffering and how uh, and what it encompasses. Sure. Well, you know, stress is an illusion and it's a creation of the mind and it is a projection from the mind that something is going to go wrong in the future. Could be in the next few minutes or could be a year from now. But stress is a reaction. And, and by the way, that, that thought that is triggering the stress, that thought then triggers hormones in the body, you know, cortisol and adrenaline and, and, and the stress hormones. So now the body starts to feel stress, so we think it's real. But it all starts with the mind. And so maybe I have to get up and give a speech and I start getting nervous or, you know, anxious or or stressed. It's if you step back and look at that, it's because you are projecting something onto the future that could go wrong. Maybe you're going to say something stupid, you know, or maybe you're going to, you know, forget your what your your lines or or, anything like that. So anytime that we're stressed. Maybe it's a, a, a student taking an exam before an exam. Oh, I'm so stressed about this exam. Well, you're stressed because you think you're going to screw it up. That's just an assumption. That's an image in your mind. And so every time, if, if, if you just stop and say, well, why, why am I stressing? What, what am I thinking that's, caught, that's triggering this stress? That's an important step in being more mindful because we could just as well assume Something great's going to happen. Something positive. In either case, we're assuming, <laughs> you know. And uh, so, faith. Getting back to the comment you asked about fear and faith. Am I fearing the speech, or am I fearing the exam, am I fearing the the job interview, or whatever it might be that's stressing me out? Or do I have faith I'm going to do a great job? I'm going to nail it. And that difference. Just think about this for a minute, Simran. If if instead of fearing that I'm going to mess it up, I think I'm going to nail it. Suddenly, what was stress translates into excitement and enthusiasm and eagerness. I can't wait to give this speech. I can't wait to give, you know, take this exam. I can't wait to go to this job interview. I'm going I'm to, so, I'm so excited for it. That's, and it's all in the mind. 
it's all in the mind. And, and in that way, that's, that's a subtle reflection of if we really took that nothing that I see is real, it, it could be applied to that sense that here I am stressed or nervous about this speech I'm going to take. But it, like you said, it's all made up. The future hasn't happened yet. It's, it's what's being projected. You write in the book, the ego believes in condemnation, which fuels guilt and stress at the subconscious level. Remember this, what goes around comes around. When we judge the world, we judge ourselves. When we criticize the world, we criticize ourselves. When we doubt the world, we doubt ourselves. When we condemn the world, we condemn ourselves. Most people don't realize this consciously because it's happening at the subconscious level. This is part of the club that we belong to. And this is what we're here to transcend and let go of. So when we are in these places that is this ego thought system and we're in that condemnation, criticism, and judgment, what is the next step or how does the course tell us to move from here? What does, what does Jordan tell Jack? Well, there's a, it's important when we think about the word forgiveness. And the Course in Miracles is really, in one word, it's all about forgiveness and, and, and letting go of the illusions that we have in our minds. And for, forgiving them and in forgiving the world we forgive ourselves we free ourselves so forgiveness and freedom are essentially synonymous and so but but we have to realize that what the ego describes as forgiveness is the problem and and so that's not true forgiveness so to the ego forgiveness sounds like this i was right and you were wrong but i forgive you mm. <laughs> Hmm. That's not forgiveness. That's condemnation. It's just in disguise. That's another form of attack. It's an attack. And so the Course teaches us that anytime we attack anyone or anything, we attack ourselves. It's, it, it's anything we give, we receive. It's, it's all cyclical and circular, if you will. That's karma. It's not linear and sequential. So forgiveness is about... Not not saying I was right and wrong. That's the duality I spoke about earlier with the ego thought system. Someone's right and someone's wrong. Maybe it happened for a reason. And no one's right, no one's wrong. And what we we just both have to learn from it. That's, that's a form of forgiveness. So, you, you, number one, we have to recognize that the ego defines a lot of these words differently than spirit. And another quick example of that is the word love. The ego defines love as something we fall in and out of. And love, you know, it's kind of a romantic love, a Hollywood love, so to speak. It's, you know, I used to love her, but I don't anymore. Or I love this thing, you know, this asset or uh, that type of thing. That, that's not love. That's more or less lust. <laughs> True love is, is it's, it's where we all come from. It's heaven. It's, it's, it's God. It's source. It's whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's a form of unconditional giving. And so when we truly understand forgiving and true unconditional love, that's when we experience the miracle, so to speak, the, the, the inner peace in any situation, the stress-free mm. life. Yes, yes, because in the end, there's nothing to forgive, is there? Exactly, yeah. We just, it's, it's yeah, because it, once we let go of condemnation, including, you know, condemnation of ourselves, when, and we let that go by letting go of condemnation of anyone else, you know, one of the terms in the, in the course is attack thoughts. Once we let go of attack thoughts, by the way, you know, there's a chapter in the book called No More Grievances, Grievances are attack thoughts. So anytime someone complains about anything, it's an attack. It's not forgiveness. I'm condemning, uh, you know, the, the the world for this or that. I, you know, I'm I'm grieving about the the news and all the tragedies that's going on. And and the thing is, uh, Simran, when we adopt that energetic frequency, because everything is about energetic frequencies. So when we adopt a grieving frequency a miserable frequency, you know the statement, misery loves company, the law of attraction returns it to us. So we're always given evidence that we're right. So if I look at things with a miserable frequency, I'm going to see all kinds of miserable things that make it real to me. If I see the world through attack thoughts, the world's going to show me things to be afraid of. I have to defend myself because with attack it comes defense. 
So everything is a reflection of the energetic vibration, if you will, a frequency that we adopt. So when we truly adopt a frequency of unconditional love and faith and peace of mind, we see the most beautiful world and somebody standing right next to us could see, oh, the weather, you know, it's, 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 it's too hot, it's too cold, <laughs> you know, uh, my mother's ill, you know, my, my father's mad at me, whatever people grieve about, right? Yeah, I love how when uh, Jordan and Jack, they meet for coffee and there's one point where Jordan puts his hand up. And he asks Jack to put his hand up against it. And then Jordan starts pushing on his hand and automatically Jack starts pushing back. And it, it, it feels almost like there's also a tie into what you said about grievances or forgiveness even here. I know that all relates back to the ego thought as well. But it's, it's like if we're pushing against something and we push back, it's not going to go anywhere. It's going to become a tennis match. Exactly. In fact, you know, Jordan in that particular scene says, why are you pushing, you know, why are you pushing back? And, you know, Jack is like, because you're pushing. (laughs) You push, I push back. It's sort of a natural uh, response, if you will. And that's exactly the point, is that we, you know, we reap what we sow. So a great question for people to consider is stop and think about what you're reaping right now in your life. What kind of relationships do you have? And how peaceful and abundant and, and, and loving and caring are they? What kind of uh, uh, finances do you have? Are you in a, a, a boatload of debt? Or are you in, in, in a very uh, healthy currency? You know, there's a reason money's called currency. Are you in a good state of flow? Uh, how's your physical health? What's that, you know, be, because we're reaping what we're sowing and of course, we live in a society that wants to point fingers and blame. Well, no, I'm I'm this way because of someone else, or I'm this way because of something else. We don't want to take ownership for reaping what we're truly sowing. But if we start to adopt that 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 karmic truth that what goes around comes around, and we start to take ownership for the the vibrational energy that we put out, so to speak, the signals that we send. And I love the work of the HeartMath Institute. That's actually got some fantastic um, research on this and even tools. I use one of these tools in my workshop where you, you hook up to a, a sensor and it actually reads your heart coherence, your, the signal coming out from your heart. And if you start thinking about something that bothers you, it reads it instantly and shows up on a, on a graph on the screen. Uh, you, you, it's a software you plug into your computer. If you start thinking positive thoughts, it instantly shows up. So these frequencies are now very measurable. And it's interesting to illustrate that in front of a live group of people where they can actually, you know, a volunteer could hook up to the device. And just by changing their thinking, they're changing their vibe, so to speak. And then recognizing that the vibe we put out is calling a like vibe back. That's the law of attraction. That we are truly reaping what we're sowing and most of it is is what we're thinking, which translates into a feeling, which is a signal that we're sending out from the heart. Mm, I love all the tools that you put in the book and the way that you allow people to understand how that tool is utilized. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back from this break. Jack McDonald, president of TIPCO, is stuck. His company is trapped in the same old ways of doing business, and his direct reports are resistant to change. Feeling like he has hit a roadblock that he can't overcome alone, Jack turns to a business consultant, Jordan McKay, who has helped him work through challenges in the past. An intriguing parable about bringing more inspiration, harmony, and balance to corporate culture, Miracle-Minded Manager offers insightful lessons about how to overcome fear and eliminate stress, both at work and at home. Based on John Murphy's 35 years of real-life experience as a business consultant, this fictional story offers insightful lessons about how to apply the spiritual ideas of A Course in Miracles and the Law of Attraction to Everyday Challenges. Relatable, compelling, and entertaining, Miracle-Minded Manager illustrates the very essence of miracles, a transformational shift in thinking. You can find out more about this book and all of the work that John does at johnjmurphy.org. We'll be right back after these messages. 
want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome back. My guest today is John J. Murphy. He is the author of Miracle Minded Manager. And when you are allowing yourself the type of reading and inspiration and openness to materials that truly do help you shift your mind and your perspective on how you look at the world and how you view yourself, you do start to laugh at yourself. Uh, Even in his book, Towards the End, uh, they all find themselves laughing a little bit at the ego. Uh, It's amazing to see how the ego is almost a third person. It wants credit. It wants compliments. It wants us to attach to and identify with it. But with a healthy amount of awareness and mindfulness, we can begin to see that we are so much more than that. Why limit oneself with such a little insecure thinking? This is from John's book, Miracle-Minded Manager. And when we ended the last segment, John, you were talking a little bit about a tool that you have in the book. And there are quite a few times where you do that. And you start off the book with uh, the, the whys, the five whys. And that's a really simple, beautiful one to begin with. And you illustrate so many of these well in the dialogue that takes place between Jack and Jordan or the contemplations that Jack has as he goes through the book so that he opens up to these concepts of A Course in Miracles. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about the five whys and how that moves a person down into their subconscious to really get at the base of what is causing that uh, error thinking? Yeah, well, the five whys is a tool that was originally made famous uh, through Toyota, and it's a it's it's a management tool. It's a root cause analysis tool, actually, and the idea is to drill down not one or two levels of why, which by the way some people kind of consider annoying anyways. You know, say why, and they because I that's because I said so. That's why, <laughs> especially parents. But this tool says don't just ask why one or two levels. Drill down five with any problem that we have. So just a simple illustration is let's just say your your car is your battery is dead in your car. So why level one? Why why your why is your battery dead? Or, you know why wouldn't the car start? Because the battery is dead. Well why is the battery dead? Because someone left the lights on. Well why did someone leave the lights on? Well because they forgot. 
well, why did they forget? And so you start getting into things like, well, because they're human. They made a mistake. It, you know, there was nothing to remind them. And if you think about it now, we have reminders. In fact, in some vehicles now, we have lights that just shut off by themselves. And so that's because by drilling down four, five, six levels deep with why, you get to deeper true root causes. And so rather than just scolding somebody for making a mistake, you know, at, at one or at level one or two, we get really into some interesting, interesting areas where we can address a problem and not get side effects and not get return problems. I give one other quick example in some of my workshops and it's somebody with recurring headaches. Why do you get reoccurring headaches? Well, because you're not getting enough oxygen to your brain. Why are you not getting enough oxygen to your brain? Because you have inflammation and poor circulation. Why do you have inflammation and poor circulation? Because you're favoring one side. Why are you favoring one side? Because your hips are out of alignment. So all of a sudden, it's like you don't need to get a medication. You need a chiropractor. <laughs> it, it often leads to a completely different solution than what we're used to. And that's, by the way, that's, a, that's an actual medical case. I didn't just make that up. Yeah, I loved reading that in the book. And, and it goes to show that so often we are trying to heal the symptom rather than going to the root cause. And, and what you're doing through your book, what The Course in Miracles also is purporting is get to the root cause of what is creating the situations in your life. Yes? That's exactly right. And if you recall, there's, uh, there's a chapter in there that says the root cause of all problems. And this, is, this, is, this gets people's attention because when you use the five whys on virtually every problem that exists on the planet, you get to something the Buddha said a long time ago. And that is that ignorance is the root cause to all problems. We don't know any better. We don't know what we don't know. You know, Jesus said it hanging on the cross. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So that's pretty, pretty deep, pretty profound, and pretty forgiving, obviously. So if ignorance, not knowing any better, is, the, is that why we don't, you know, have solutions that solve problems at the, at the root cause level? And the answer is, yeah. We have a lot of Band-Aids. You know, we have a massive drug industry and an opioid crisis and things like that because people think that, you know, after one or two levels of why I have a headache or I have, I'm depressed, that the answer is to take a, a, a pill. We, we believe the body, Yeah, we treat the body as more chemical than it is electrical. And so that's another paradigm shift. The body's very electrical and you can solve a lot of problems with electro, electromagnetic therapies as opposed to, you know, chemicals. In looking at things this way, number one is the root cause and getting to the basis of that and really understanding what's going on. And then the other side of this spectrum is realizing that we're entitled to miracles. Miracles can happen every second of every day in every moment. Uh, how do you apply that to leaders, to business, to how do you get a CEO or a manager uh, or employees in a company to wrap their minds around the miracle concept when it comes to business? Yeah, it's a great, great question, Simon. And the thing is, is that, you know, that, again, kind of like the word spiritual, the word miracle freaks people out a little bit. But the truth is, we are miracles. It's not just that we're entitled to miracles. We are miracles. <laughs> so when you stop and you think about it, there's over 50 trillion cells in a human body somehow getting along, somehow aligned. And so the more at ease we can be, the less dis-ease we're going to experience. When you start to think about an organization, a corporation, well, we don't have 50 trillion employees. Maybe we've got 100 or 1,000. But if we can mirror some of the very practices that we have in the human body, just as a metaphor, where we have you know, a central nervous system. We have a, a, a form of governance, a form of rigor. In the world of Lean Six Sigma, we, turn, we use the term rigor a lot. So we have, we have some rigor. We have some discipline. We have some vigilance. There are things we eat and things we don't eat. You know, there are things we do and things we don't do. 
So we start to treat the organization like we treat a human body with respect, with dignity, with nourishment. And again, this is just a metaphor for a corporation. But if you want a healthy corporation, think about a healthy body and what, what, it, what it takes. And I teach a tool called the IPO diagram, the input process output diagram. It's, it's a play on the transfer function, something we learned in algebra probably in seventh or eighth grade, which is Y is a function of X. So the Ys in our lives are our outputs. It's what we're reaping. The Xs are what we're sowing. And what we reap is propagating from what we're sowing. There's a, a relationship. So in a business, we, we start looking, we kind of work at it backwards. Where might we have problems? Maybe with customer service issues or customer complaints, things like that. Let's work backwards from there. And why is that? We use tools like the five Ys to, to figure out what those critical Xs are. Again, Y is a function of X. Our outputs are a function of our inputs. So what are the inputs that we need to manage with more rigor so that we get flow, we get ease, we get peace, we get this effortless manifestation where, in fact, here's a paradigm shift. When we're really in flow and we're really, athletes like to call it the zone, it doesn't appear like anyone's actually working very hard. <laughs> you know, It's amazing when you go into a corporate culture and it looks graceful. It looks easy. It doesn't look like anyone's running around with their head cut off trying to, you know, expedite, 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 escalate this, escalate that. It's easy and graceful. And that's like a human body that's in really good health. It's it's not experiencing any dis-ease. Mm, from, from forces born out of fear and grace and ease are definitely born out of love. I want to thank uh, John Murphy for being my guest today on 1111 Talk Radio and bringing your wisdom and your sage leadership to our show. I highly recommend you go pick up a copy of Miracle-Minded Manager for yourself as well as several copies to stick in the stockings and send as gifts to the people around you. It is really a delightful book and has so many wonderful nuggets. If you're not familiar with The Course in Miracles, it is a beautiful way to begin your exposure to that and also apply this to your business and your life. You can find out more about John, his work, and his books, all of his books, at johnjmurphy.org. So definitely check him out. I wish you wonderful holidays, a beautiful Christmas, and an opening to a joyful and expansive 2020. Until next week, I'm Simran in love of love with love and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality. Your heart to greater compassion and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey. 